You're listening to Morning Radio TBD. Listeners have been asking this question since 1997. What does impress Shania Twain? Do we have the answer? Find out. It's Fitz in the Tree on Morning Radio TBD. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she she does say, like, a lot of things don't impress her that much, including being Brad Pitt. Like, that's a high bar to clear, man. I know. This is peak, like, Brad Pitt. This is... I mean, like, I, I get the car. I, I, I can appreciate, okay, guy has a nice car. That's not a... It's a that, that kind of feels like very, you know, what's the... It just it feels a little shallow to be like, oh, yeah, he's got a cool car. I actually saw a TikTok on that the other day that I was like, this is obnoxious. Um... <clears throat> So I, I can appreciate that one. I, I rocket scientist. I actually feel like I, I, I would be impressed if I met a girl who was a rocket scientist. I'd be like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Um, but it, I mean, it, it doesn't quite impress Shania Twain and Brad Pitt doesn't nearly. So, I, it, well, who did, who'd she end up marrying? And what does that guy do? What is she impressed by? Different strokes, right? Like everybody. So here's what I took away from the song. Okay. Uh, I assume she doesn't like people who are full of themselves. I think that is okay. the, I think that's the actual lesson. Yes. Right. Like someone who's got an ounce of empathy and caring and like, will actually treat his, his woman. Right. I think that probably does impress her. Okay. Uh, or she's just been looking for someone who is a furnace, <laughs> a, a, a furnace. She keeps saying in the song, that's not going to keep me warm in the middle of the night. So uh, she's looking for a duvet. I see. Or a furnace. <laughs> um, okay. I, 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 out of sheer curiosity, uh, I had to pull up her Wikipedia page. And here's what it says on her, her personal life. So she met um, Mutt Lang uh, in 93, um, who I am actually I, like legitimately a huge fan of um, Mutt Lang uh, has produced some of the best rock and roll albums of all time. Like he's, he's behind a lot of really, really good rock music. So it looks like they were married for 17 years um, after he had an affair with one of her best friends. It didn't do it. it the, the, the marriage kind of fizzled after that. So that's really shitty, Mutt. I didn't realize you did that. Um, maybe rethink your life a little bit. Uh, and then after that, she is engaged to a Nestle executive um, who was her best friend's former husband. Um, there was some spouse trading going on. That all seems very, very weird. And now I, I really do question what impresses uh, Shania Twain. Uh, be the executive of a highly problematic global entity. There you go. That's impressive. Who was formerly married to her best friend? She gets free Kit Kats, though. I I think I think I hate all of this now that I've read into it a little bit more. Give me um, a break, Shania Twain. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is why I don't do celebrity gossip. It turns out that they all are actually terrible people. Well, it's easy to sit here in my closet and and judge. I mean, it choices were made we don't know the reasons behind those choices but uh you know may everyone be happy and not hurt anybody else never thought i would be uh defending shania twain on the podcast here <laughs> here i am i'm not i it's it's not shania twain in particular that i'm upset with it's the whole situation it's that mutt cheated on her with her best friend 
which makes me rethink my whole opinion of Mutt Lang. Um, and then she picked up her best friend's ex-husband after the cheating scandal. Like, I, again, the, all of that seems like grossly incestuous. Wait, is it the same best friend? Yes. That's delicious. <laughs> as delicious as Nestle chocolate? <laughs> I refuse to comment. I try very hard not to buy Nestle chocolate. Yes, I try I, not to buy anything Nestle. I, I, I completely agree. Uh, it's very hard because every two days they buy like a new company. And corporate consolidation, man, which is something that I, I feel like we uh, we need to touch on later on in the episode um, because we both have some corporate co- uh, consolidation thoughts. I do want to, uh, just in terms of, because this also dovetails nicely off of now I'm angry at this whole situation. I, I, I need to do some personal retractions, Josh, because oh. I, I feel like I have evolved some of my thinking lately after just paying a little bit more attention to some things. In a very early episode of the podcast, I mentioned how I thought Russell Brand was a more positive male role model because he seems to be a little bit of a uh, a little bit more of a free thinker, <laughs> does some critical analysis, and and is you know a little more open minded. It turns out Russell Brand might be a monster. So um, I allegedly alleged, well, and that's the thing is he is innocent until proven guilty. He has that benefit. Um, however. I am hedging my bets and backing away slightly because uh, the fact that he was a 30-year-old man in a relationship with a 16-year-old, if, if these allegations are true, is deeply disturbing. So I would like to uh, officially retract some of my statements regarding Russell Brand in earlier podcasts because I... I don't think I was aware of that. I, I say I, don't th- I was not aware of that. And now seeing the situation more fully, I have questions. So so um, that's one of them. Yeah, I think I was pretty noncommittal during that segment back at the time, but not because I had any hints of allegations about Russell Brand, just like Russell Brand's just off to me. He I, Well, I uh, until some of this came out, I appreciated the fact that he seemed to be more progressive leaning, but very willing to, uh, to speak to, um, uh, members of the, like the, the far, far right, but like Tucker Carlson and him have an interesting relationship. And I'm, I'm just curious about like where they're able to find common ground because there is commonality between the populist right movement and the progressive left. There, there are some, there's some overlap. And I think it's important to be able to discuss those points of overlap and so I saw his um, willingness and open-mindedness as something to be uh, semi-aspirational. Um, but if it turns out he was, you know, entertaining a relationship with a 16-year-old when he was 30, I need to reform some of my opinions about him. So there are limits to how open-minded you're going to be then. Uh, yes. You do not embrace uh, underage relationships. I, I, oh my God, no. Okay. Yeah, right. like. Full hard stop, full send. No, we do not embrace underage relationships on this this podcast or Nazism. I think those are two things that we can fully say. Um, I'm not interested in your opinion if you're doing one of those two things. So it's unfortunate that there is a decent chunk of the cast from Forgetting Sarah Marshall that is under fire this year. Yeah, it's not great, uh, Josh. It's it's not it's not great. Um Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher defending Danny Masterson, uh, really unsettling, really, really unsettling, especially Ashton Kutcher, who has been such a, uh, uh, a voice for like human trafficking and all that. Like I, what was he doing standing by 
a convicted rapist. Maybe this was all just a publicity stunt to announce he's bringing back punked. Like maybe he was just punking. This is the wrong punked. Josh, no? this is the okay. wrong punk. Well, yeah. <laughs> until you push the envelope, you don't know where the barrier is, right? This is like, this is the line. You don't defend a convicted, not an accused rapist, a convicted rapist. Well, now, I, now I want to say this. Okay. Those letters were submitted as like basically as character testimony in his defense prior to his conviction, right? No, this was it, like during it, the course of the trial. No, it was to have the judge consider how long to sentence him. That's what they were sent uh, for was like, no, it turns out he's a good person. Please don't send him to jail for the rest of his fucking life, which is where he probably should be. And this I, I, I am I am very committed to like a revamping of the justice system. But I think that there are some things that fundamentally I, I want people removed from society. Um, that's one of them. Mm. Yeah, it's a. I think that is a really tough position to be in. Is okay. if you're really good friends with with someone, and you don't know this side of them, and even like say, all right, Ryan. So say I was in a relationship. No, I'm not. I'm not going to give you the no. <laughs> okay, but no, but say like you, you, your best friend. Yeah, has you know a certain side of them. Yeah, and it does not jive at all with what these allegations are the trial proceeds they are convicted you know which ostensibly means everyone believes that he did this but still like say that just like you struggle with that so much with what you know about this person yeah i imagine that would be a terrible struggle but i like at what point do you say you know what there was something about them that i didn't know i didn't realize this was going on the jury has spoken. The evidence is there. Like, I, 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 I can't imagine being in that position, but I also don't know that I would full-throatedly endorse that person's character if a... And, and, and now, to be clear, our justice system is not perfect, and it does make mistakes. Like, we execute a number of innocent people every single year, which is disgusting. Um, but it is largely one of the best one of the better, I should say, justice systems in the world, right? Like in terms of like what the the, the trial, like everybody is in, entitled to representation. Um, is there corruption in the justice system? Yes, there absolutely is. Um, but we we don't have a we don't have solutions for the the corruption right now, which is a bugbear of mine. I, all this is to say, largely speaking, especially somebody with means like Danny Masterson you have the absolute best chance of being found not guilty in the United States, better than anywhere else really in the world. He had every opportunity to be found not guilty if these were, if this was not real. So at what point do you look at, you know, somebody who can afford expensive team of lawyers who still gets convicted and the hammer comes down? At what point do you say, it turns out I did not know this person as, as well as I thought, this is really awful. And uh, I, I support the victim's right to justice. Yeah. No, I hear you. It's just like it's a I do think it is a tough position for someone like like someone that you thought you knew. Yes. Ab yeah. Above all else. And you're like, oh, there's no way. Or is it more likely that all of them are just terrible people? And Could be. They we're all doing shit except maybe Topher Grace. I, 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 well, Topher Grace had kind of a weird period after the show ended, <laughs> um, but I well, like Topher, he 
he left the show. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, like he right. eventually he was like, I'm out. And he is one of the few people on the show that did not offer any support. It's a good point. You know? Yeah, it's a it's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, I did not think of it uh, about that, but that's that's a, a that, that's interesting. Um, I don't think he had the same like he didn't have the same bond with with everyone that show. It just seems like. Right. And I think for a long time people gave him shit for it. Sure. But now maybe it's like, oh, maybe, maybe he Topher saw something. was actually he was you no know, doing the right thing. That's interesting. I hadn't considered that. I uh, that's uh, that's a really good point. Um this is a uh, this is an inf- interesting conversational thread. Um, I I was reflecting, um, listening to last week's episode about. I was like, well, we had some really interesting conversations. But last week we were talking about like how do Star Trek transporters and uh, food synthesizers work? And this week we are you know debating hypotheticals of the American justice system. It's just it's it always strikes me, Josh. We we find places to go. We are all over the place and. Uh... <laughs> We're boldly going where many other people go. But. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Well, I want to I want to give your ego a little bit of a boost uh, since you oh. were having to uh, self chastise your a little bit. I, I made mistakes, Josh. I made mistakes. No, I had a I had a friend of mine. Uh, okay. a, a friend of mine I did this mobile game with uh, lives in Scotland. Oh, and I convinced her to download Apple Podcasts and listen to the first few minutes of last week's episode. Okay, and I was like, hey, you're Scottish. Let us know how much shit we got wrong. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> um, and she listened to it. She said that it all it all lined up with however much she knew. Yes, um, with the caveat that she is a lowlander. Ah, uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. So, I, I said um, some she, disparaging things about the lowlanders. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she says you have a lovely voice. Oh, so. that's very nice. I I appreciate that. That's that's very sweet. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, she was she was hoping that wasn't me. Because <laughs> uh, she felt like that would be a little awkward, but no, she fancied your voice, sir. Oh, well, I I appreciate that very much. Thank you, thank you. I was like, uh, well, I don't have any photos, but trust me, he's hideous. He does not. <laughs> he does not work out and <laughs> eat lean and do any of that at all. Uh, hideous and taken, very, very, very taken. Well, that that is the more important part. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So you guys, you, there's no way you guys can meet up for a tea. When you uh, traverse the United Kingdom, the the UK, yeah, when we go over there, um, yeah, <laughs> that's just, too funny. Let's just make Pam a little jelly. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know. Um, actually, so this is funny. I um, I actually talked with Pam the other day about the feedback that we received on the difference between um, the the male hero's journey and the female hero's journey um, in uh, from our Ghostbusters episode. Um, actually, now I'm talking about the other podcast, the cinema. And I this is another correction, though, that I wanted to, to issue. I was like, you know, I, I still stand I, I stand by my opinion that I think that the individual journey is the important part. But Pam, like was she's like, no, I actually think that I would appreciate a story about uh, women characters who are who already possess the strength and skills that they need. And they just need to realize it for themselves and, and they need the world around them. And, and she was drawing on some personal experiences uh, from uh, that she was like, I would like to see that kind of story shine through. So I still want to, you know, um, I semi stand by what I said in terms of like, I, in my opinion, I think the more interesting cinematic or just story story for a hero is the the growth and development of skills. Uh, but um, I uh, feel like I was maybe a little too dismissive 
uh, in that episode of a differential between a male's journey and female's journey uh, in in the hero's uh, story. And um, yeah, I need to I need to issue a retraction on that as well. Well, it's just I mean, it's a classic example of like, here's the perspective that you have based on your experiences, your yeah, your intakes like it's it's what you know. Exactly. So uh, she's able to give you an alternative perspective yeah her realm and that's all good and absolutely a uh, slightly better person except well, and, and you know we're always I, I th- we don't we were talking last week about how we're not super opinionated on this podcast but we do have our we're opinions not? and i think we are i think we're pretty i mean i th- we, we i think we said last week we're like you know we're a little bit more nuanced and and kind of mediocre about so we don't have the joe rogan conflict um going on but uh, yeah, I, I think we present uh, we present our opinions, but um, also uh, where we where we can learn and evolve on them. I have no problem with the evolution of standpoints. I think evolution of standpoints would make people more interesting. Fundamentally, um, I think that flies in the face of creationism. But yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm I'm very glad to hear that I at least got the uh, the Highlander Games information um, nearly correct. As as far as one Scottish person can confirm, love it. Uh, sounds like it's it's legit. Um, what are we going to talk about today, though? <laughs> we, this has been twenty minutes of just kind of blah blah blah. Well, so okay, let's. There, there's two things that I want to talk about, Josh, and I, I think one of them kind of touches on something that you want to talk about too. Actually, I think they both do. Um, I am so pissed at AT and T right now, and. Uh, we mentioned corporate consolidation earlier in this episode, and AT&T is a spectacular example of the bullshittery that we have to put up with in when corporations consolidate. We also see a lot of that in the airline industry, and uh, I made some disparaging comments uh, on the side in text messages to you the other week about why did a particular airline suddenly shrink the uh, size of a personal item. Because now oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to have to get into this. Yeah, exactly. So first, let me rant about AT&T because I need to get this off my chest. I'm so furious about it all. So I'm in a new place. If, Go ahead. if this episode pauses uh, halfway through, it is because AT&T has intervened and cut off. A- AT&T has, has, has actually taken action against me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just moved to a new place. Um, and this is the third or fourth time that I have moved my AT&T Internet with me. And I, I, I shall not again. It, it like I I will not do this ever again because it, it has never been a good experience. But this this one particularly pissed me off um, because I have gotten good at getting around AT and T's bullshit when it comes to these moves. Namely, they say all you have to do is pick up your router, go to the new place, pu- plug it into the wall. It's never that simple. <laughs> not with anybody. It's never that simple um, because. Every building is wired slightly differently. You have a different kind of like, you know, router that like is attached to the wall or different kinds of equipment. Like it's just not that simple. And to the, you know, to the credit and as much as I can of, of the, the the customer service agents who are fielding these calls, they have no way of looking at a building or an address and knowing how it like any particular unit is set up or wired. Like they just they don't have that kind of directory available. So <laughs> I know that it is always a pain in the ass. And so I have started to get really, really intense about, I want a technician there. Like I, you know, treat, I, I literally say on these calls now, treat me like I'm stupid. Like I do not know how internet works and I want somebody there to help me set it up because it is, it's always been a problem. So 
I went this route again this this last time. I was like, look, <laughs> it's I the building first of all I know is not pre-wired for AT&T. So I really don't think that you're that I'm going to be able to just plug into a wall jack and be able to pick up AT&T service. That's number 1. Second, he the guy said something along the lines of we need to check your credit because this constitutes a new account or use credit that that's on file. And I said, "Whoa. I I do not consent to a a credit check. Why do you need I've been paying consistently on an AT&T bill for five years. Why do you need to check my credit? And, he, and he's like, or he's like, it's just part of the spiel. I have to say it's or use credit on file. It's like, okay, you can use credit on file, but do not pull my credit. Like there's, there's no need. I'm just moving. This isn't, this isn't a new account. I'm just moving from one place to another. <laughs> and he finishes the call by saying, okay, um, it's going to be a self-install and then somebody will be there at 2 PM. And I was like, I, it's a, is it a self-install or will somebody be there at 2 PM on, on the date? And he, and he's like, yes. And I said, I'm, I, what? I was like, I, I, I truly don't understand what's happening. Like, it, am I expecting it? Will somebody be there to help set up? And he's like, yes. I was like, all right, great. <clears throat> so let's review these facts really quickly. All I want to do is transfer my service from one apartment to another. I say specifically, I do not consent to a credit check because they're, they have my credit on file. There's no need for them to pull another one. And I'm now assuming that somebody is going to be there to help set up my internet when I arrive. So day of uh, the switch comes and they shut off my internet at my old place, right? So I now have no internet. I was kind of expecting this, but I was like, okay, so now I need to get over to the new place and sit around and wait for AT&T to show up. Lots and lots of time goes by. Nobody's coming around. We get th- like towards the end of the window that they said the person might be arriving. And I call to confirm, is somebody coming? And they're like, uh, no, it's a self-install. I was like, <laughs> well, so first of all, I plugged your shit in the wall and I'm not getting <sighs> internet. Second, I have no internet at my old place because that was turned off. Uh, and third, I was told, I asked in no uncertain terms, will somebody be here? And I was told yes. And they're like, oh, yeah, we see we see the confusion in the call notes. I was like, I don't know what the confusion is. Yeah, pull I thought, the fucking tape. Right, exactly. Pull it. <laughs> She's like, okay, I'm so sorry. Let me see when the absolute soonest that I can get somebody out there. Now, I'm expecting them to say next week because um, – <clears throat> Like, and at that point I was like, I'm just going to change providers. I'm, I'm so fucking over all of this. So, uh, she was like, we have somebody who could be there at 8am tomorrow. I was like, great. Let just like get them here immediately so that we can get this taken care of. Now I wake up the next morning and something very strange has occurred. I am suddenly getting internet through my router. And so I call again and I was like, look, I would like to save this technician a trip if this is working properly. I don't know why it's suddenly working now and it didn't yesterday. But if if I can save, you know, the the tech a trip out here, let's do that. They look, they're like, yeah, it seems like you're you're getting internet. Everything looks looks good. I also want to uh, really quick address the fact that the first person I talked to specifically said we're keeping your service exactly the same, which is I was like, yes, keep my service exactly the same. That's that's all I'm looking for. Just moving addresses you're just moving just moving this shouldn't be this hard so the person on the other end of the line at 7 30 in the morning on friday is like yep it looks like you're getting perfect internet service um i'm gonna go ahead and cancel this appointment i was like okay sounds good as long as this holds i'm uh, you know i'm uh, frustrated but whatever i can I, i'll get over it the poor tech shows up anyway 
So <laughs> he looks at it. He's like, yep, looks like you're getting internet. I was like, great. I, I, I'm so sorry that like, you know, I couldn't save you this trip, but here we are. I then get short, a little while later an email from Capital One saying there is a new report on your credit. Oh. And I was like, fucking what? And then the next day I go to stream HBO for the first time since moving into the new place, which it was included in my AT&T package. And it says, hey, your, your service doesn't include this anymore. And so once again, I'm like, fucking what? And I go and I look, they downgraded my service to half the speed that I had before. So no, it is not the same service. I still have no idea whether it was a self-plug-in or a, uh, I needed a technician to come out. Apparently it really was just self-plug-in, but enough people were confused about that that a technician came out and they pulled my credit against my consent. I lost 20 points on my credit score because of this shit. Uh, so where are you at now with them? <sighs> Making some very angry phone calls. Um, uh, yeah, you need to railroad them as much as possible because I, that's bullshit. And again, they have a recording. They've got it's it's all yeah, exactly. It's all recorded. Like we can go back to the tape. And and it's it is I in fact I encourage I would love for them to actually pull the tape on this and we can find out where where this breakdown was because I was like I just I I'm I'm like seeing red over all of this. And the long short the reason I'm I'm telling this whole story is the, the problem is is that there are there are only so many ISPs out there. And a lot of them have very predatory deals with um, you know, neighborhoods with apartment complexes where you are essentially locked into one or only a few choices. And this this is corporate consolidation at work is, you know, if if you're not getting your Internet through AT&T or Xfinity, where are you getting it from? Because like Google Fiber doesn't exist in enough places. I'm st- I'm I feel weird about even suggesting Google Fiber because Google has its own issues. You know, some of the, the cell companies are starting to offer um, you know, some home internet, but it's, it, it's just, it, they don't have quite the same infrastructure as what AT&T and like Xfinity already have laid out. So there's effectively a corporate duopoly on internet. And this is the kind of shit that the, the like just the basic consumer has to put up with trying to do something simple. I wanted to move from one apartment to another. How hard is that? What, what are your choices for your apartment, new apartment complex? They're pre-wired for Xfinity. Okay. So I, I, I may end up just, depending on how some of these calls with AT&T go, I, I may end up being like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm actually done with you. Like, I, I, I don't want any more of this crap. And I'm still livid about the fact that they pulled my credit after I specifically said, don't pull my credit. Yeah, no, be like, I made the call at this time. Yes. This is where you need to go back in your records and you can find everything, um, you know, make it right this, make it ah, right ah, i know <laughs> oh that's infuriating right and yeah it's it's you're right it is almost unavoidable uh to like if you need internet access you have one of like three or four choices uh in my in my neighborhood i'm on spectrum which is part of charter communications um charter goes by different names depending on which region of the country you're in but it's it's mm-hmm. it's charter um the the HOA of my neighborhood, they signed an agreement to like a 15 year contract to be okay. with Spectrum. Um, it's a bullshit contract, by the way, because the interest rate is like 4% year over year. Um, it's 
it's I was like, who got what kind of kickback to ratify a deal like this? Because this is fucking stupid. Seriously. Um, they upgraded our equipment uh, a month or two ago. I don't know if I talked about this before, but they, they okay. said, hey, we're upgrading all the equipment with faster speeds and stuff. We're sending you equipment. Um, I got that email probably a week after I got the equipment. <laughs> equipment shows up. <laughs> it shows up on my door. I'm like the hell is this what is this yeah <laughs> so i have to call them be like why do i have things and um they're just like yeah you can swap out the equipment and all that stuff now i'm going from one box that does it all to two devices that i have to connect and link together and i'm like no okay you're gonna need to bring a technician out here and they're like okay well it's gonna be a you know it's gonna be a fee for whatever i was like well one that's kind of bullshit but b i'm still not connecting this myself so all right let's bring them out um luckily i didn't have to pay the fee because Mm. when the guy gets out and starts installing the equipment he's like oh this isn't the right equipment they gave you the wrong thing for this is for a business you're a residence so he had to swap out the one piece of equipment anyway so it completely nullified the like having to pay for the technician which was nice but yeah uh, as a rule of thumb i will always I, I, like a guy's coming out because yes. even if i know what the problem is i don't know the ex like i don't have the expertise to fix it exactly but i do know enough to know that like you might be bullshitting me or not so <laughs> yes uh, it, it, and that's what it is so i now i have these two big pieces of equipment that don't fit in the little like utilities locker that right. was built into the house for these things. Um, and then it was like for the next two weeks, the internet was still shitty and I had to keep calling them and be like, Hey, there's something going on. Uh, it keeps kicking me off the internet and stuff. And they're like, okay, well we're going to reset your router. I'm like, cool. Just so you know, this phone call may drop because I need the internet to make phone calls. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because also my, my neighborhood is a black hole for cell service. Right. Um, because for some reason there's no towers close enough which Bizarre. i i know it's another like ridiculous thing yeah and it was one of the reasons i had switched i had gotten off a of sprint years ago i had been a sprint customer forever um, but i kept having spotty cell issues and i finally talked to him i was like are there plans to expand the network in this region are towers going up in this region and they were like no and i was like then it'll be i gotta go right uh verizon supposedly has towers everywhere in my region but Clearly, they need to put one like in my neighborhood playground so that we can all get service. It's 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 infuriating, especially in a world where we all pretty much have to be online. I I know. I think that's the frustrating part um, is like I work virtually. So um, I am in a a position where I I truly must be online, you know, whether or not I I always like that. Um, Part of me was just sort of pining for the days where going on the internet used to be an activity, right? Like it was something you had to, it was sort of like putting a record on, right? Like we don't think about the the physical act of putting on music because we don't do it anymore. Um, similarly, we don't think about the physical act of connecting to the internet because we don't, we don't do that anymore. We don't sit down at a computer, click on a program that has to dial out to the internet, connect to it, and then start loading things. It's just always there. And I sort of miss those days, but... Do, do you miss it? Do you miss it? Let me see if I can hit you in the nostalgia feels. Go for do it. Do you miss this? Oh, here we go. Give me the electronic grinding noise. Oh, 
you've got mail. <laughs> we we just did that to our, our son this past week, actually explained to him about how, you know, you had to use the phone to get online. And he'd be like, he's like, yeah, you do that now. We're like, no, no, no. <laughs> what we mean is right. you had to get off the phone and use the phone to the phone get line. online and download untitled tracks off of LimeWire. <laughs> But then we played him. We played him that track. Okay, yeah, like, so he knows what what it is you're even talking about. I know. Yeah, I think the fax machine sound is still the more annoying. I think. Yeah, it's fax machine's awful. Uh, but yeah, hits you in the nostalgia feels it, right there. It sure does. Yeah, anybody who was born before like 1995 knows that sound well. Yep. And then we started switching over to like cable and broadband, and you know, <clears throat> which and so, they were so smart. They were so smart. Those broadband companies because they they. They were so dirt cheap at one time. Yeah. At one time drove out, you know, God, what did I have? I had like net zero or something. Okay. Yeah. I remember net zero. Uh, My family definitely had Buckeye cable. Oh, of course you did. Yep. Of course you did. (laughs) (laughs) Probably a subsidiary of AT&T or some shit like that, because uh, that, that, like that, the, the damn thing about corporate consolidation is that like you were saying uh, these these companies like buy up like Nestle buys up somebody every single week, and so a lot of these companies put their competition out of business through acquisition, and so you don't have as many choices as you might think you do. Our broadband was Roadrunner. Oh, it was Roadrunner. Which I remember got, Roadrunner got brought, bought by Bright House. Bright House got bought by Spectrum. Charter brought Spectrum. Yes. In Ohio State news. Uh, you are neck and neck with UCF. Good job. Three oh. games in. <laughs> Three games in. Season's looking good. Season's looking strong so far, right? Yes. Uh, I have to admit, I, I went in there because I was hoping like you guys had like lost one or like almost lost one. And I was like, going to give you shit. But these are basically blowouts so far. <laughs> Yeah, um, this is this is the the time of year where like the the Division One A teams will play against what I call directional state universities, which is like you know in East North Southeast West Virginia, um, you know like just a bunch of directions. The name of the state university um, that you know it's it, there. I, I always wondered like what's the benefit to the smaller team because it feels like it just be fucking demoralizing to get completely run over by a bigger, stronger, better coached team. Um, I guess it's it's a financial thing. Like they make a ton of money off of these games um, because they are, you know, momentarily connected to a much larger financial pipeline. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So the just a quick Ohio State digression there. Go for it. Um, but yeah, the. Yeah. Uh, corporate consolidation thing uh will continue until congress decides to actually like do things like overhaul the telecoms law yes. as well as the railroad act uh those are two laws that are hilariously out of date they need to be overhauled nobody is showing any signs of trying to do anything about it we're too busy trying to impeach the president and or getting felt up at musicals so, oh my God, I thought that was, I thought, I literally thought it was just the liberals, like, taking things too far, which we, we do sometimes. Um, and I was like, there's no way Bobert was actually giving a handy to a guy at a children's play or a family friendly. It's, it's hard to tell. Is there's, it? 
there seemed to be a bit of touching going back and forth, but it, the, the the angle is not where I would have liked it to have been. If we had gotten the telephoto swoop low, we might have been able to get a better shot. Uh, why did not more people have their phones out, like recording? Uh, because me. It, because it was a play. Because it was <laughs> you're supposed to be watching the stage. Uh, and also, so the the best take I've heard on this so far is like first of all the family values Lauren Bobert is feeling up uh, some some guy in in a family setting um but two beetlejuice that's what gets you in the mood like i'm here for it but that's some freaky shit Lauren Bobert like that doesn't seem like your brand beetlejuice as a character you know, beetlejuice would have been like Hell yeah! Let's do this. Um, (laughs) He's kind of a pervy creature. He is Uh, a very pervy creature. He's uncomfortably pervy. But it's a it's a weird. I'm like, why does Beetlejuice get you going? Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Look, I am defending people's rights to like. Look, we've all been in a theater getting a little frisky with our loved one at some point. I mean, it's not a great judgment call, but it's it's something you do when you're. It's um, you know. But the thing is, is that would you, you're not, you're not espousing to being about like Christian family values and like these very, you know, conservative tradition, traditional, like that's, that's the, the difference. Yeah. Have, have we all like gotten a little frisky in a the theater? Of course we have, but most of us are not grandstanding about, you know, traditional Christian values, which I don't think given somebody a, a squeezer during Beetlejuice uh, necessarily falls into, uh, into that category. Now I have a question though. If they had not been caught, <laughs> if they had been allowed to go, do you think he would have been able to say Beetlejuice three times before he popped? <laughs> I'm so sorry, listeners. That's gross. I'm so sorry. Somebody somebody made a meme that said like the best the best uh like publicity for this show is get your Beetlejuice at Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is this is a whole. Anyway, this is just this is a distraction. Um. <laughs> no, but it was like the 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 coverage of it that I had gotten because yeah. I'm active on Twitter until Elon decides to start charging for it. That guy is hilariously delusional if he thinks enough people he, are going to pay for it. He's so uh, inept. The uh, the initial coverage that I got on Twitter was like talks about groping up and and yep. hand jobs in the theater and stuff. I'm like, what the? So I start going to legitimate news sources to try to figure this out where they don't mention any of the sexy stuff. They're just like, Oh yeah, she was vaping and vaping gave people and, the middle finger and yep. you know, being a real party animal. And I'm like, well, that's not as exciting. Yeah, it's not. Um, <laughs> but more and more like stuff was coming out there. Like, no, that happened. Also it's right here. Here's the footage. Like it's kind of evident. There's some inappropriateness. Um, which means it's just a matter of time before there's a Pornhub version. Um, I but it's, I can't wait for that. I I, I can I can wait. <laughs> I think um, I can't wait for the idea of it. Right? Like I like I I just I, I'm not going to go like look it up. I just want to I just yeah. want to know that it's out there. Not you know? on your work computer, sir. It's not on my uh, oh my god. But, not on uh, any of my computers. This was one of the, like the latest things that really just amped me up. And I was like, you know, the New York Post really deserves like an award for like tabloid of the year because uh-huh. uh, they just have some banger hits. Uh, <laughs> I was already going to come into this podcast talking about the New York Post because New York Post clued me into the fact that there are cocaine sharks. 
it's uh who is it uh elizabeth um uh she she made the movie about cocaine bear she's already getting elizabeth this, banks yeah. elizabeth banks yeah already getting the script ready i'm i'm certain she's she's getting cocaine shark the the script ready but i was like oh my god we've been talking for weeks now about the organized crime wave uh the ocean just being this lawless place and uh you know in a perfect allegory for the us in the 70s uh we're partially at fault we are introducing drugs into the oceanic streets. Look, I, I mean, and the shark gangs are taking over. It, it is. It, it's. It, I feel like it's really only been a matter of time, and uh, now, now here we found ourselves. And uh, yeah, we had the organized crime wave. Now we've got sharks doing speedballs. Like it's. It's just. At, at what point do the barracudas start doing black tar heroin? I mean, we're we're like two steps away from it. Yeah. Well, you know, the barracuda always hides under the boat. Right, Have you ever exactly. been out snorkeling and yeah. stuff like the Barracuda is always there under the boat because it's shady. Um, that always like makes me really nervous. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing under there? Every time, Ryan, every time I've been snorkeling, <laughs> a Barracuda always finds its way under the boat. Aren't they ambush predators? Like, isn't that yep. kind of like, yeah, exactly. So they're just they're just waiting their time. Yeah, they're like, um, he might have the fentanyl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we had the 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 God the the cocaine sharks. So again, I went back to the New York Times, uh, not the New York Times, the New York Post covers archive. Yeah, because I was like, what have I missed? Sunday, September tenth. Okay, whoever was in charge of the cover had clearly been on a, like a Charles Dickens bender. Oh my God! Now what? <laughs> if you just want to pull up that uh, that that cover, hang on just a second. Uh, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Um. It's a uh, it's it's pretty fantastic, but there's like little snippets of news that like Mark Wahlberg might retire from acting soon. Of, and, yeah, of course. Um, you know, children are uh, there. There was like a daycare drug ring going on, which is really sad. I the I see um, daycare horror. Day, yeah, yeah. Go down to Sunday. The tots and robbers. Tots and robbers. Yes. Great expectations. Yes. So this Jets, came out before Giants. Aaron Rodgers hilariously shattered his ankle. Um, Not his fault. Uh, that's that. That's a whole thing about like the the shitty surfaces that a lot of these uh, stadiums have on there. No, no, I know. It's it's. I, I feel bad for him as a person. It's just because it's Aaron Rodgers, uh, <laughs> you can have fun with it a little bit. But yeah, top half of that cover. Great, great expectations. Ex- talking about Aaron Rodgers headlining for the Jets, and then under it. Tots and robbers. Kids as young as eight robbing New York City business in sick new Oliver Twist. Sick new Oliver Twist. They were having a field day. I mean, part of me wonders, like, how expensive is it to subscribe to the New York Post? And should I just for the fun of it? I mean, I think the website's free. Is it? Uh, so Yeah, like, so I, I think no you can read that. all their stuff online. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's fa- it's fantastic. And, oh, my um, God. If if it wasn't so incredibly slanted, uh, it, it would be enjoyable to uh, su- subscribe to. I mean, it, I mean, you you have to know what you're getting yourself into. I yep. like, but uh, God, Josh, they are clever. Like they are old man in the Z's. <laughs> uh, like this is someone's job, and I hope they're getting way too overpaid. I, do. I really do. I, I I do love no hiding this Biden scandal. That's <laughs> Mud Max making fun of uh, Burning Man. 
son of a gun <laughs> when Hunter actually finally. Uh, yeah, so I, I heard a, an interesting take on Hunter Biden, which is his crimes are so um, and, and his like playboy lifestyle make him look so cool that like he actually can't take bad pictures. Like he always looks like this sort of like gritty antihero. And yeah, he's like he's done a lot of crimes, it seems like. And he's he probably should be in prison. But he has he sort of this like, like it. he does. He has sort of this like yeah. bad boy. Like so every time they try and make him look uncool it's like you've got this guy laying in bed surrounded by three strippers with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth that's the most 1980s rock star thing that anybody's ever like who took that picture by the way like (laughs) come on it's a good question um not a supporter of hunter biden over here by the way i i think that he uh, is one of the most problematic people in uh the current political landscape um and well and he's he is not in the political landscape. Yeah, that's a good point. Like yeah. he's not trying to run for an office. He's not trying to do anything, but because his dad is and he's, leader and of he's, the free world. And um, he's name trading, right? Yes. Like which is yes. like people which all Which I think is what you do. It it is what you do. And and it's it is interesting to me that the the crimes that they are prosecuting or going after him for are not his corruption crimes. Like they're Right now, they're trying to get him on the gun charges and the drugs charges and like evading taxes and all that, but not the actual corruption, because my guess is everybody in like the house on up is doing exactly the same thing. And they don't want to go down for it if they don't want other people asking those same questions of them. Well, it's probably hard to find anything definitive. Corruption is really hard that smoking gun. Yeah. And it's really hard to. that actually leads me to so I've been tracking NPR's politics podcast yep. lately, and each week they're doing like a sit down with each GOP I've, contender. I've been liking those, yeah. Well, what's interesting? I really enjoyed listening to Will Hurd again. The mm-hmm. more I hear Will Hurd speak, the more I wish he was a stronger contender for the office because I think he could be effective. Right. Um, I don't agree with all his stances and stuff, but like I, I like where he is. Chris Christie's was also very interesting <laughs> because Chris Christie and I'm mad because NPR didn't push him hard enough. They they tried a little bit, but they're they're just they're too nice. Yeah, they are. Um, they try to push him on it at least enough for the listener to hopefully kind of perk up and realize Chris Christie at the end of the day. He is a toe-the-line Republican. Yes. And if Trump gets the nomination, he is going to fucking vote for him. Yeah. He didn't. He doesn't outright say it because he doesn't want to outright say it. But this man, his whole campaign is centered around like taking Trump taking, down. Right. But at the end of the day, he will back Trump if Trump is the nominee. Yeah. And that's fucking disgusting. It I is. That's also just politics, baby. But that's disgusting. Well, and that's what uh, Mitt Romney has been like um, – like lighting the Republican Party up for lately, which is Romney has come right out and said it like behind closed doors, all uh, all of my my compatriots in in the Senate. And uh, like they they hate Trump. Um, They uh, they laugh at him. They think he is a moron. They think he is a toddler. They despise everything he is, but they cravenly desire his votes. And so they are in bed with him. And it's that sort of duplicitous, duplicitousness. Um, this was really interesting. I, Mitt Romney, I didn't realize, really hates Josh Hawley. And he was saying that Josh Hawley might 
like definitively be the most intelligent member of the Senate, like just from a raw intelligence standpoint. He's like, which makes him even worse because he says a bunch of shit that he truly does not believe. He's just making all these Machiavellian plays to try and like increase his own power and stake. Um, but he's actually, he's much too smart to really fall for the crap that he's spewing. He just says it because it's politically expedient. And so there's such a loss of um, integrity and honor uh, uh, among politicians that it's, it's, it's gross, man. I think it's one of the main reasons why he's getting out. You know, he announced that he was going, not going to run for reelection in mm-hmm. 2024. Mitt Romney is like, I'm done. He also cited the fact that he's 78. I love that. Good for you, um, man. When we've got you know, like Feinstein and McConnell just falling apart in front of our eyes. And he was Pelosi's like, yeah, I don't going want... back. Come on, Pelosi. I don't. I, I, I hate all of this. I know. Anyway. Um, so you want to talk about airplanes in the night sky? <laughs> and how they're like shooting stars. We we can talk about airplanes. Yeah, so you were getting all hot and bothered last week <laughs> uh, with me about uh, bags. Is that right? Bags? Bag size. Yep. Bag cool. size. Uh-huh. So, yeah, let's let's start with carry-on luggage size. Carry-on luggage in general. Carry-on luggage in general. Yep. So when you fly yes. in America, I most airlines, unless you're fucking Spirit or Frontier. Right. Uh, <laughs> most... Uh, most airlines that are not like an a la carte type of service, you can bring on two carry-ons. Yes. It's termed one carry-on and one personal item. Correct. It means you can bring two bags. Yes. Okay. Now, right off the bat, I want to say this, and I'm going to call you out, ladies, just because this happens all the effing time. A purse is a bag. A purse is an item that you hold stuff in. Okay. There is a big disconnect, and again, this is some weird psychological difference between us that I just don't understand, because I'm like, a purse is truly personal yep. to you. I'm like, okay, but it is also a bag. <laughs> and if I okay. say the bag has to be stowed away, stow the bag. Here's my my number one issue. On any flight I work, the very front row is up against the bulkhead. You don't oh, have an under the seat yep. stowage area. All your stuff has to go up top. I make this very clear multiple times throughout the flight boarding. Hey, just so you know, if you sit here, that's great. All your items have to go up in the bin. You can't have anything down here. Ryan, do you think the purses go up? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing if we're having this conversation, it's, it's a no. You're very good at context clues. Okay, uh, that is correct. <laughs> It'll be clutched in a death grip, and they're like, I was like, okay, again, your bags have to go up top. And they're like, oh, but this is my purse. I was like, a purse is a bag. Does okay. it have stuff in it? It is a bag. It needs to go up. It, but it's it happens enough time where I'm like, this is a fascinatingly strange psychological phenomenon. So what about just quickly, because uh, like I've started doing the fanny pack thing, which I'm going to pack as a bag. I, OK, which I, I agree. Like I because um, I'm embracing pocket free life. Like I, I just don't like shit in my pockets. I think it's just it's distracting. So I throw it all in a little fanny pack that I wear over my shoulder and I'm, I'm digging okay. it. Look. I, you know, you know, you can have your judgment. I enjoy it. It's it's wonderful. Uh, but I would expect that that would be, if I don't consolidate it, considered a personal item on the plane, right? Like it has to go into something else for it to not can be considered a second or third bag. Even though it's strapped to you, it is Correct. still an item. Okay. Okay. Uh, and this just becomes a big freaking issue every yep. time where they're like, they got like three or four different bags that they're juggling on. And first I have to be like, okay. You have this many bags. Are you the team Sherpa? 
<laughs> they're like, yeah, yeah, it's my wife. And, you know, and I do a mental calculation. I'm like, okay, that tracks. Carry on. I usually go to the other person to verify, hey, that's actually your stuff. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll carry I'll carry Pam's stuff on the plane sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, but still, there's some instances where I'm like, okay, but that needs to go in there. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I will. I'm like, I have to see you do it. <laughs> and it's That's always unpleasant. And I get it. But it's like, this is the rule. Right. If you don't follow this, that's $10,000 I have to pay if mm. someone calls me out on it. And I don't have that kind of cash. Sure. I still haven't played the lottery. So yeah. two items. It's two effing items. Right. Just make it two items. Now, that being said, a bunch of the airlines this past year have shrunk the baggage size. Yeah. Which is a major dick move. Yeah. My wife just bought a new bag to replace her old one that broke, which was smaller than her previous carry-on bag because it tended to be, it started becoming an issue between airlines. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, it is meeting all the requirements, except apparently it's not, so fine. Uh, and now we're like, oh my God, this is now going to be one inch over <laughs> on one direction. Here's the thing. We started pumping out these airplanes with a larger carry-on bins. Right. Like larger oversized bins. So why did we shrink the size? I, th- this is what I want to know. Like, I, I truly don't understand. Um, and, and the the personal item one shrinking makes even less sense to me because unless you have changed the size of the seats in the plane, why does the personal item need to shrink? As long as it fits under the fucking seat, that's what constitutes the personal item, the end. Except not all uh, seats, like, under space is created equal. Like, if you're in the middle seat, it's the worst seat, but you have the most, like, under space. Sh- sure. But yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. It's just like uh, care <laughs> luggage is a certain size, and now you're going to make everyone have to go buy luggage. Are you in bed with Samsonite? <laughs> is that what's going on? So I um I th- this is an article. So I've gotten so far away from the Demos Tribune. Um, like I just I I have not I just have not had the time to write for it lately. But I uh really want to write a an article for it um about what I'm calling the tall person's tax which is if you're a larger person, uh, whether by height, whether by girth, whatever, if you are a bigger human being, you have bigger clothes, which means that you can fit fewer clothes into the same size suitcase as your smaller companions, right? That means that people who are tall or large fundamentally are being forced to pay more in order to fly because they're more likely to have to check in order to get all their, their clothes on board. Now, I want to write it very sarcastically, you know, from a satirical standpoint, but it's actually not that far off. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, you know, the the airlines um, like the the airlines playing with their misery index, like trying to figure out how to make you so uncomfortable that you pay for additional amenities is a really, really sadistic thing. It's I mean, they just they have to squeeze as much money out of you as possible, because apparently Airlines just lose money all the time. I don't know where, but right. apparently they do because airlines also do the bare fucking minimum. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know where the money's going. Um, I know at Southwest, the pilots are working toward going on strike. I don't know if they will get the authorization to actually strike, but there are a lot of other things they can do in the meantime to really... Um, make life unpleasant yep over there um it, i mean it's been 
God, I feel like everybody's going on strike, really. Uh, it's just, a great year for labor organization. It really, really is. This is this has been this is this is a true populist movement. This is a boiling over of anger in the American working class that has been seething for probably fifteen years. I think you probably trace this back to um, the, uh, the. I mean, honestly, th- there's been a there's been a, a widening gap between productivity and wages since um, surprise, surprise, fucking Reagan. Um, what I know, the union right? buster himself. It's shocking. The the uh, man who fired almost the entire ATC workforce. Yeah, who who <laughs> who would have guessed um, that? Like as representation and and uh, and unions fell off in the United States, so did wages. It's incredible how that works. Um, anyway, but we are now seeing a, a return to interest in organized labor because people are just they're, they're fucking sick of it, especially in the last 15, 20 years where post uh, Great Recession, we saw banks, auto industry, airline industry all getting bailouts. And what do they do with their bailouts? Stock buybacks, which is just them buying their own company back rather than reinvesting. It. This is a statistic that I did not know because, um, you know, the the big three, which I have on this podcast before praised Ford because I genuinely and generally am behind the decisions that Ford makes. But they are they are not in they're not in the right position as far as this goes. I, I do not love that Ford is not uh, working harder to find a deal with uh, the UAW. Um, but in learning more about this strike, I all the big three are like, well, you know, if we have to raise workers wages, the, the price of these cars are just going to go up. Josh, do you know how much uh, labor accounts for in the price of a vehicle? Two percent. I don't. I don't know. You're not far. Five. Okay. It's five percent. So they they basically demonstrated on paper. The union has they could double the workers' wages and lose fractionally from their their record profits. It, it would be a fractional change for the not not revenue not revenue operating profit like what they make above and beyond it, the the cost just to so it's uh it's really twisted that they are not engaging with the union in a uh uh a they're not in a good faith way so anyway that's slightly off of airplanes but well no cuz i mean uh, it, it's it's all connected planes trains automobiles baby and <laughs> One thing I think we've we've learned over the past year is that uh, Biden will not is not a union friend. I, he, I will go on record saying that he is touted as being a friend to labor, but what his administration did this past December with the whole rail worker situation, it shows me he is not. So, so don't expect any real political support from that side, it, and also really no real support will come from. Trump side either, unless it benefits Trump in some way. Trump, I think, is going to be much more cynical. If if I'm giving Biden a little bit of credit back, because I I was equally furious about the the rail strike issue. I think that that that's still completely egregious. To his credit, where where we can, um, his labor bureau issued a rule um, that could be transformational as far as the formation of new unions goes, which basically says that um, if a company is caught even sniffing at the idea of union busting when uh, labor is is trying to organize, that union must immediately be recognized by the company. So if you even attempt union busting, that union automatically goes into effect and you now have a union in, in your company. Um, so that's that has some... Now, the downstream impact of that probably won't be felt for 
several years. So we won't really know how what the teeth on that are for a little while, but it is a good move. And to his credit, he's adopted some of the language of the UAW in talking about the autoworkers strike. So if I had to guess, though, cynically, he probably saw the outrage over the shit he pulled over the rail workers strike in, in December and uh, was like, ooh, I got to backpedal on this and I got to actually show that I'm pro labor. I think that's the cynical political read. And it's probably the accurate one because I um, I definitely stand you on this one. Like the the rail worker thing that pissed me off. Yeah, the um, like I said, the Railroad Act needs a complete overhaul. It all. Yeah, it all does. And um, if people would start, I'm going to try to compile a list for a future episode uh, to talk about some stuff that's that's actually pretty day to day that the the political government needs to actually get their ass together and work on not these like sexy news cycle things like you know government shutdown and impeaching the president you know you you know what I um, thought would be fun Josh because we do talk about politics uh, quite a bit on here I I feel like in a future episode you and I should lay out what our um, presidential platform would be if we were to run for president what would our platform actually be like what would we stand up for as a presidential candidate oh my god ryan you do not know how many uh imaginary debates i have been in in my car um (laughs) i am i am a no-nonsense rapscallion of a candidate uh i will not stand for the bullshit so i I think it'd be a lot of fun We, we we might have to do that in a future episode is is talk about what our actual platform would uh would look like cool that that sounds like it'll be totally a gas. <laughs> I, I I think so. I, um, think so. I haven't forgot about Africa because I mentioned that last week. Um, it is something I want to talk about, but it's uh, it needs more work because this is actually yeah. a, a lot to get into. Uh, it's a big continent. Well, because there's um, there was the earthquake in Morocco, and now there is severe flooding in Libya. Um, yeah, someone did not bless the rains down in Africa. It, no, cursed them. it's because it's like it, it's something like catastrophic. Like ten thousand people are assumed to have perished in in this flooding. Um, yeah, it's and it, it, it is it's something that because we we're we're living in a news cycle in the United States right now, where the big news is the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden, and why is it that Joe Biden is statistically losing to Donald Trump uh, in in the polling right now, like. That's so dominant in American news uh, landscape that people really are ignoring these uh, stories of international tragedy. And it's we, we don't highlight it just to, like bring the mood down. It's action is needed. Help is needed. Like we, you know, we, we want to bring people's attention to it so that they, they know, you know, if it's something that they have the means and uh, willingness to help that you, you know, how to, where to. OK, but real quick, what polls? Because okay. nobody has contacted me. I have not filled out a survey. Or a poll, probably because my phone uh, automatically puts it in a spam folder somewhere. Uh, not my fault. But uh, what 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 polling is okay. this? Okay. So what, when where? This is the the most recent. I want to say emeritus polls um, of twenty four hundred likely voters is showing that uh, Trump leads Biden fifty percent to forty nine percent. That's pretty tight. It is, and uh, the the real humdinger is that he commands independence fifty seven to forty two. 
that's where he's really yes that's where okay. trump is is getting his numbers from um which is it, it's it's a huge problem for so many reasons one because it is independence that delivered the white house to biden also uh based on the way that the united states is set up and the way that the electoral college works a democratic uh a, a democratic candidate for the presidency needs to be leading in the polls by about four to five percent in order to have a truly secure lead. Um, you can debate you can debate these numbers however you want, but the, the following is factually true. Al Gore won the popular vote uh, in the 2000 election. It, he, he won the popular vote. He probably did win Florida, but that's we can debate that another day. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by three million votes. And she lost to Donald Trump in the Electoral College. Joe Biden won the popular vote by 7 million votes. And he won over Trump because of 40,000 votes in three or four different states. So the structural disadvantages to Democratic candidates in particular mean that if you are not leading by 3 to 4%, statistically, you're losing. Um, and what was really interesting to me about this poll is that it was a polling of about 3,000 likely voters. And why I wanted to like talk about this and kind of get your thoughts on it too is it's the likely voters thing that scares me. Um, because I don't think Donald Trump is what the majority of Americans want. But I also think that there is a great apathy after Joe Biden's presidency began pretty strong, but has really started to falter, especially lately. Um, and I, <laughs> the realignment of the, the parties and with so many people fleeing their parties to like, I consider myself an independent, but I, it's, I'm not, I'm not a centrist. And that's the, the big thing about like the independent party is not a centrist party. It is people who don't, don't adhere to their party stance. I'm an, indep an independent, but it's because I'm farther left than what the current democratic party actually is. Uh, on the other side of that. The independent class has a ton of former Republicans who actually are more center right um, than they are far right, but they're kind of embarrassed at what the, the, the party has become. So your motivated voters, the ones who are likely voters, the Republican Party is very motivated right now because they see what's going on with Trump as being just like a, a big political witch hunt. And you have those center-right voters who identify as independent that are just not thrilled with Joe Biden. And if Trump were the likely candidate, they would vote Republican. They'd be like, yeah, I don't like the guy, but I don't despise him so much that I wouldn't vote for him based on the way things are going right now in the United States. So that is reading beyond just the number of the poll. And I think that's what's really frightening about what's going on is where the motivation actually is. If you're a likely voter, the likelihood is you're saying you'll vote for Trump. If you're just a voter... You're probably voting for Biden by like a 55 to 45 margin. Like it's, it wouldn't actually be close if if everybody had to vote. Um, but you don't have to vote. And the lack of enthusiasm on the Democratic side and, and a, 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 uh, a lack of enthusiasm that I think is justified. I think you, you justify to not be enthusiastic about this this uh, election or this presidential candidate. But that's that's where the polls are landing right now. All I'm going to say is that was a poll of 2,400 people. That is barely a drop. But I mean, I, it, it's but but that's like that is how it's polling is it's 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 representative, right? It's it you're no you're not asking every single person, but it is it is representative. 
Uh, kind of, except everybody has gotten it wrong like two elections in a row now based well, on their polling data. So I don't know if I want to pay too much attention to a poll of 2,400 people. Well, so I mean, at what point do you feel like it is representative? Do you want a poll of a million people? Yeah, maybe. But it's like it's every everybody every couple of weeks they conduct a poll. Right. Whether it's the emeritus poll or uh, they polled, you know, 50 kids at a directional state university or you just like. But I'm, I'm saying like these are tiny right. little microcosms in, in sure. these different areas. And I'm like, I need comprehensive data. I don't need I, I, don't, I don't care about this tiny little pocket. Because you're basically saying that that poll basically went through my neighborhood and well, this is how my neighborhood is going to vote. I'm like, OK, great. That's my neighborhood. Right. I'm a very small part of a fucking weird state. Um, so, like, am I supposed to just take that as fact and run with it and go outraged and make a course of action based on that? Or like, I, I mean, how what is the way to gather truly comprehensive data and try to figure out? What do people want? What do people care about? And so, like that takes time, which the 24 news cycle doesn't have patience for. But you probably need to take the time and really go for it. And people should probably answer that phone when a random number calls. Right. Um, but I, I so I, I do think that like the <laughs> polling is whether we like it or not, it, it does end up being reflective. Like it, it absolutely does. The for the most part, the presidential elections are within the margin of error for most polling. Now, the margin of error is where people like get hung up and, and forget that it exists, right? Oftentimes, the margin of error is between like three and five percent. So that you know, those numbers can swing three to five percent either way, which is how Donald Trump became president. Like the the polling mm-hmm. was pretty accurate, um, but the margin of error undercounted Republicans, which is how that. how how he he got through now conversely they overcorrected the democratic direction uh during the midterm elections which is why the midterms looked like it was going to be a blowout for republicans and it didn't end up being that because there was an overcorrection so they they are testing and adjusting i so i guess like i'll say this because i'm not i i don't want to just come off as like uh wholesale defending polling because as with any kind of research you can set your poll up to basically get the result you want it to i don't know if anybody's noticed but i started putting polls in our podcast and two weeks ago i put one out that was who's the better team ohio state or michigan now the options were ohio state or not michigan so i fixed that poll to get the result that (laughs) i wanted right like (laughs) you can you can ask questions in ways that that get you to a result where you work backwards from a conclusion which isn't so all research has some inherent flaw the thing is we cannot just like completely discount polling because whether it's a hundred percent accurate it is at least illustrative and the fact that there is an illustrative number of people that still would vote for Donald Trump at this point, knowing everything that we know. The fact that you could take a group of 2,500 people from across the country and half of them say, yeah, I'd vote for Trump over Biden. That by itself should be a massive, massive wake-up call to the electorate and to the Democratic Party. Because it means that the Democratic Party fundamentally is not addressing the things that people want to see addressed. No, but they're just going to try to use it as a fundraising moment for... 
you know, w- with the expectation of like trying to block Trump, uh, you know, assuming that Biden will lose and they'll be like, oh, but we'll have, we'll have to stymie Trump I, being back in office. I, I think more than anything more. <laughs> I, I think more than likely what they're going to do with, with this information is um, use it to quash any kind of third party candidate because they'll basically say a third party candidate will will be a spoiler candidate. Um, I, I, I think that third party candidates in the system that we have today are fundamentally non-viable until we go to rank choice voting. Um, but the, the other side of this is, is just like uh, the we were talking about the strikes earlier. So often strikes are uh, um, like Bill Maher, who I'm supremely disappointed in and dislike him more and more every day. Bill Maher framed the Writers Guild strike as these are people who think that they are entitled to a living wage and they're not. And that's why he disagrees with. It's fantastic stuff right there. Hot take. Thanks, Bill. Right. Nobody pauses to ask or or to to take it the other direction. It's like, do you think that the then the studios are entitled to like the 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 corporate greed that they've they've uh, um just to, to greed. Are, are they are the studios entitled to greed? If the writers aren't entitled to a living wage, are the studios that you're therefore saying they're entitled to greed? Right. So the uh, the other side of this is uh, third party candidates are often seen as an as an opportunity to force an issue and to try and get the other parties to deal with an issue that's that is not being brought up. The Democratic Party will say that a third party candidate is a spoiler candidate. They don't pause and ask what is it about this person that everybody likes? Can we offer that to our voters? Don't blame the other candidate. Maybe adjust your own platform. Um, that's what pisses me off about how the Democratic Party in particular approaches third-party candidates is because they don't ever stop to ask, are we doing something wrong? Are we not offering something in our platform that people find appealing from this candidate? They just go, oh, they're going to steal votes from us. That That's, that's ridiculous. Well, I'm just going to let it be known now that if the ticket is looking the way it is right now, um, come election day, uh, I'll probably write myself in for president. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, the 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 take that I heard that I, I largely agree with is if you live in a safe state, you can do protest votes. If you live in a swing state, which is like Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, those you have to vote for the party that more closely really reflects your like um that that becomes a, a blue no matter who situation which is a shitty way to to have to approach an election but like like me living in tennessee i can cast a protest vote because my vote doesn't count right like it's it, yeah. this state is going to go red so it doesn't it does not matter what i vote these the electoral votes of tennessee are going to donald trump so I can cast a pro- protest vote for somebody like Marianne Williamson or um, Cornell West, uh, you know, people who are running in a, a lane that more closely aligns with my values and my uh, my political beliefs. But if I were living in Michigan, Georgia, um, yeah, uh, Wisconsin, um, any of those like weird swing states, like I would be forced to vote for Biden just because I'm voting against Trump. And more and more, that's what our politics is becoming. These people are not voting for something. They are voting against something. And that is not a good place to be, politically speaking. Well, there we are, guys. We got our politics in there. Woo. Uh, <laughs> lot, lot to, uh, lot to discuss. And didn't get to, again, didn't get to everything we could have gotten into, like uh, missing military jets or bears going to Disney without a ticket. Or 
how? How did we lose an F-35, and how did a, a black bear get on Space Mountain? It's a, it's a stealth jet. That's, I mean, objectively funny, but also, <laughs> like... No, what would have been really funny is if while they were looking for the bear, they found the jet. They found the jet? That, it turns that out it was hysterical. hanging out in Florida. You know, like, oh shit, it's in Toontown. Huh. <laughs> no, you, right know where, you know where nobody would notice it? The boneyard of the backlot tour. Could have been sitting back out there. Right. People just drive right by it, and they'd have been like, and this is an F-35 from Independence Day. It's really good. It's really good. When did this show up? <laughs> Can you describe it? Well, it's a lot less weathered than everything else. Everything like the sand speeder looks like shit, but this thing <laughs> This thing's pristine. Poor deteriorating artifacts in that. <laughs> oh dear. Folks, it's been real. Yep. As always, I've been the Joshua Tree. I have been the Edmund Fitzgerald. And uh, we'll catch you next week. We'll see you next week, ladies and gentlemen.